In the middle of uh, Perak Base over here in uh, Tanya, we started explaining last time. We started last time explaining that the Nefesh Hashanist Al is explaining that the second soul. It's interesting. Why does he call it the second soul? We would think it's the first soul, right? So why is it called the second soul? If we have two souls, why is it called the second soul? So why is the Nefesh Lakis called the second soul? So one of the explanations given is because. The way we relate, as Alter was going to say later, our disposition, the Bainini's disposition, is to relate to his Nefshah Bahamas. We identify ourselves more with our animalistic soul, with our negative tendencies. We've, always, we've spoken about a number of times how we're, our disposition is to think negative. And therefore we actually have more of a negative sense of self and more of a negative sense of energy in, within us. And therefore, for us, the nefesh shalikis is actually almost a second soul. In other words, we see it within our own purview as something second, something coming into us. So Al-Tareb explains later in Tanya that we define the neshama, neshama shenasata bi, the soul that you place in me. So we differentiate the bi, the me, with the, the elements of the neshama. And we see there's two separate things. No, but it's, it's sort of relating to the way we identify with it. That's one explanation of, of this idea. So, the, this 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 idea of anef shashenis Yisrael, So the Altareb explained that every single Jewish soul possesses this 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 essence of God within him, and he explains that this essence of 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 of, of God that's within every single Jewish person is actually a unique quality versus all other creations and especially all other human mankind. The Jewish people are a class of their own. Sounds very, uh, uh, you know... Uh, almost racist. Almost racist, but, not, but it, 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 people have a difficulty with this. But when we speak about the Jewish people, and we speak about us being an Am HaNivchar, being the chosen nation, being a chosen nation is because we have actually something which is different than everybody else. Our, our relationship to godliness, our relationship to God is actual, is real, versus when it comes to the non-Jews, their relationship to godliness is more of an intellectual understanding at best, but not a deep, intuitive soul connection to God. So that's just the, the beginning we spoke about in the beginning. The Alter Rebbe says this in the beginning of Tanya. The Alter Rebbe then proves this idea by bringing what it says in the beginning of Parshas Bereshis. In the beginning of Parshas, in the beginning of God, in the, in the creation of man, the Pasuk says, Ra'yipach pa'ap of nishmas chayim that God blew into Adam, into original man, he blew into him, into his nostrils, nishmas chayim. Nishmas chayim literally means a breath of life. Nishama comes from the word nishima, to breathe, a breath of life. So now when we speak about God, anthropomorphically speaking, God doesn't have, we don't say God is blowing. He's not physically blowing anything. So obviously it's relating to some sort of idea of blowing. So the Zoya explains what is the blowing of God. The blowing represents the concept of taking something from a very deep place within a person, just like when a person physically blows. He's so taking Adam something... What? Yeah. So although it says that Adam wasn't Jewish, but there was a neshama, Adam's neshama was the neshama haklalas of all the other neshamas, all the other neshamas that, we, that came into that exist today, or did, that did exist, all come from other Mauritians' neshama. What? They don't have a Nevesh kiss, no. So, what's explained is that when a non-Jew converts, really, he was back somewhere in his ancestry, was Jewish. 
and he had therefore a neshama from that level. That's the way the Tosis explain it. Tosis explains that they already had a soul. They were already considered Jewish, but it just because of some sort of situations of intermarriage or whatever. Um, but but from a basic level, the answer is at that moment they receive an Ephshalikis. Even the Jewish people, when even the Jewish people, when Chassidus talks about, let's say, the power of what happened at 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 Mount Har Sinai, getting it a Torah was a deeper essence. That means, although we had some form of a nefshalikis at the time before then, but the nefshalikis wasn't fully developed, so to speak, or wasn't with its full power until until um, the. The, 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 until Harsini, until the giving of the Torah. It's sort of like the idea that a child, a child, the Alter Rebbe writes in Shulchan Aruch, that a, t- a child's um, um, beginning stages of his development from, from when he gets to Brismila or whatever, he has the beginning stages of the Nefesh Elikis entering his body. But it doesn't fully come into the person until he's Bar Mitzvah. That's why a person is not held responsible for their actions, and they don't have a responsibility for Torah mitzvahs until they're 13, because they don't really have a full functioning nefesh like kiss. So sort of, it, but it's not completely like working. Yeah, it's not. That's a good question. The question is, if Adam Arishan had it, and all man comes from Adam, so then how is it that they don't have it, right? But. It's not like a physically transmitted It's DNA. right. It's not a DNA type of thing. It has to do with souls that were selected to attain, certain bodies that were selected to attain this, this, this soul. And we know that it comes um, from the mother's side also, so it doesn't matter if the soul went to Adam. No, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the nefesh kiss, the soul doesn't come from the mother. The identification of a Jew comes from the mother, right? The soul is given to the body regardless of the parents, per se. You understand? As as Altareb explains at the end of this chapter, that the soul has nothing to do with the parents. The parents don't don't affect the soul. The soul is going to come to the body regardless of the parents. They actually create the vessel for the soul to come in. The parents having relations create the vessel for the soul to come in. But the soul itself is something that's not 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 uh, affected by the parents. They affect the levushim, as we'll get to when we explain that. So anyway, so Altareb says Altareb brings the zayat that this idea of blowing metaphorically speaking, represents taking something from a very deep inside and blowing it out, which is this concept of man de nofach, nofach. Someone who blows, he blows from his very insides. Which means, in other words, that the very inner essence and the inner energy of the person is being utilized and is being pushed outwards. So likewise, by God, our soul was initially incorporated within God and then was sort of blown out. Now, what happens over here is, is that the process, there's, there's therefore the two stages. There's the soul, the way the soul is being, is still incorporated within the bellows, so to speak, of God. As we gave the example of having a, a plank of wood and carving out a menorah, right? So you have that piece of wood itself and, and the menorah idea of the menorah being in the piece of wood. And then you carve it out and then it identifies itself as a menorah. But there is still the part of it that is still a part of the piece of wood. Within God, his breath doesn't separate from him. So there's the two stages of the soul. There's the stage of the soul that's still fully incorporated within God. And there's the part of the soul that is, so to speak, in a removed state, in a state of outside of God, meaning where it begins to take on its own form, where it begins to... Be, where it begins to take on its own separateness, or at least on some level, it has its own creative form. 
that gives it its own identity. And that's where there's this separation between us, between the neshama and God. Right? That takes place after the breath. Before the breath, the soul is part of God. It's a chela kalaka. It's, it's, it's God himself is as part of God. This also helps us understand why is it that we explain that the person has the power through tshuva to reconnect. What is he reconnecting to? He's reconnecting to the part of himself which is incorporated in God. So he therefore completely um, goes out of the system of his, of, his, of his created existence. In created existence, there's time, there's space, there's limitation, etc. Tshuva is the power to completely transform time and space and therefore go back to a state of the soul as it's back incorporated within God. And that's the idea of Yom Kippur, Lefnei Hashem Titaru. This is an idea that's expressed a lot in Hasidus. Here the Altarev is just using it as to understand how is it that we're all a Chelaka because there's a part of God's essence that was blown out, so to speak, and now has, has the form of a creation, but yet it's still partly, or not just partly, it is, on the other end, it's still a creator. It's still part of the creator, and one thing with the creator. That's why, like, sometimes just, let's say someone doesn't, not, like, religious, and then one day it just hits him. So part of the reason that sometimes a person will get this deep awakening the hisairus that happens to a person at certain times definitely comes from this very deep place. In Hasidus, it usually relates to it as the level of Yechida. But Yechida is already the point of where the soul is blown out already. The levels of the soul of Yechida is already where it's blown out. It's not part of, it's not the part that's connected with inside the soul, within, the, within God. So even that awakening is coming from already a point that's already removed. It's the point of the Yechida point. But it's still a very deep, closed port because Yechida means to be unified. It's still a very unified state with you and God, and that makes a person suddenly feel religiously, you know, motivated and feels like they have an interest in wanting to do things. So it comes from the Yechida, but that Yechida state is already the state of where it's blown out. So that's the first um, source that the Alter Rebbe uses and proves, so, so to speak, this idea of the soul, the second soul, the Nefesh is coming as a Chelek Elakam. Then the Alter Rebbe moves into a little bit more of a marshal to explain this idea. And then in the marshal, there's some interesting details the way the Alter Rebbe develops the marshal. So let's just do a little bit of reading for a minute. The Alter Rebbe then says, Kachal derech likewise, in a way of analogy, Neshamas Yisrael olubamachshava. Likewise, we could explain this like the idea of the souls of the Jew as it emerges in God's mind, in God's thought. As it says, as it describes that we in the Torah describes us as being the children of God. Now, what's the significance again? Why does the Torah describe Jewish people as God's children? What does it mean to be a child of God? So the Alter Rebbe here begins to explain what is the nature of a child? Where does a child come from? What is the essence of a child? That's what the Mashal is going to be all about. But before we get to that, let's just highlight one point here that Al-Tarebbe says. That Yisrael olubu machshava. It says that the Yisrael was something that God thought about. What does that even mean? So there's an idea that's explained in Hasidus, which is that before a parent has a child, right, before a husband and wife, right, have relations to have, and they produce a child from that process, there was some stimulation and some, 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 uh, uh, either conscious or subconscious thought of having a child, 
Now, they didn't know what that child was going to look like. They didn't have a vision of the child because they can't foresee the future. But there was a motivation and an interest in having, having a child, right? A chi if you don't want to have a child, you won't have relations or, or, the, or, 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 or the woman will go on contraceptions or whatever it will be. There are cases where you try and you make mistakes happen. But the point is, the point is, is that, is that, that generally speaking, there's a, a, a deliberate, premeditated um, thought process into having a child. So that idea, says the, says the al is likewise by God. God, before he, he blew us out of him, so to speak, before that stage of making us being a created existence, there was a thought process. There was Yisrael Olubu Machshava. Now when we're talking about God's Machshava, we don't mean like our thought. In our thought, it sounds like that there were, you know, we imagine something, we, 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 we uh, um, have a fantasy of something. That's what we understand machshava. Machshava is the realm of, 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 of imagination. That's not what it means here. It wasn't an imagination. In God's machshava, actually something exists. There's an existence already of the thing. So when we talk about God, all of machshava doesn't necessarily mean the way we relate to this as an idea of machshava. It means the thing existing on some level already. In fact, the motivation of why God even wanted to create a soul, a Yisrael, the idea of Yisrael being the soul blown out, is because God envisioned, Chazal told us, He saw a Jew fulfilling his purpose and intentions of creation. And the fact that he saw the purpose through the Jew, therefore God had a plan to create the world. He had a taiva, as Chassidah says. He had a desire to create the world. What was the taiva in order to make a dir tahtaidim? Who was going to facilitate that plan was the Jew. So that's the deeper understanding of Yisrael, all of the So when you read this line at Tanya, Embedded in this line is really the whole thrust of the idea, which Al-Turba explains a lot more at length in chapter 35 and 36 and 37 of why we're here in this world, the concept of making a deer of Tachtainim. How is it that we have the power to make a deer of Tachtainim? How is it that we actually bring about a full revelation of God Himself into this world, the essence of God? And the answer is because we are the essence of God. We are the part of God Himself, and by us revealing our own state of consciousness, when we become conscious of who we are, automatically that brings out a, a revelation of God Himself in this world. So by reading these lines in Tanya, it sounds like there's a part of what the Altareb is saying is just explaining the fact that we come from God, but there's also a recognition that's a build-up to understanding that this is why we're empowered to actually bring about and facilitate God's purpose and mission in this world. Realizing that we're actually, we're made up, made up of the stuff, right? The stuff we're made up of is God himself, and therefore we have the ability, even after we were blown out, so to speak, from God, and, and we exist as a created something, the soul is a created thing, that's where you have the five levels of the neshama, even then we retain this and have the ability to facilitate the process of Dirk Tachtain. Does the five levels of the neshama have anything to do with, um, as they call it in psychology, the five senses? The five senses is just a natural phenomenon that everybody has five senses. The five levels of the neshama are not correlated to the five senses. They're correlated to other aspects of, of, of the world. Instinct, the emotions, intellect, etc., subconscious, deeper consciousness. It's, it's, it's correlated on that level. So the al Rebbe here is explaining that this is, this is, we're like children. We're like children to God. 
So he says, what does this mean? He says, Pirish Kamaisha ben Nimshach ben Moyacha Av Kachav Yachal Nishmas Kolish Yisol Nimshach Mechshav Tevchbosi Yisbarach. Just like a son comes from God, the, the, the brain of the father, so we already mentioned last time that it does not mean, I've seen this in a number of, of Svarim, Antanya, that they say that this is the ancient idea that they believed, and it's true, you look in some ancient Svarim, they bring down this idea that the child actually comes from the part of this, like some sort of matter of the brain of the father that sort of, sort of like breaks off and slowly but surely through the, through, the, through the body develops into semen, and that has how the child is produced. That's not what Al-Tarebbe says. Al-Tarebbe is talking here neurologically. What happens is that the brain stimulates the neurological, um, sends a, 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 a message through the neurons to... Doesn't it send a message to anything? What? Doesn't it send a message to anything? It does. It sends a message to everything. But here specifically, you have a focus and it, it focuses on generating uh, the, the glands to secrete sperm, and that per sperm is therefore created directly from the brain of the father. Yeah, I'm just I'm just highlighting it here. I think it's obvious from anybody who's reading Tanya, and Alter yeah, seems to say it clearly in Gotei Some people think it comes from there was, a, there was an ancient idea that believed that the child actually is a part of the brain of the father. Rabbeinu Bahaya says it clearly, that the part of the brain of the father sort of like melts away. True. And no, it's totally not true, but there was an idea that that's what the science of the day thought. So then, huh? but then why does, like that's what happens when you move your arm. Like Rath would point out, by, point, by moving your arm, your, your brain sends signals. Like why would he point it out now? No, what he's saying is, what he's saying is like this. What he's saying is, is that the fact that the sperm was motivated by the brain and was nurtured, was, 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 was um, stimulated by the brain, that shows the connection between the child and the brain of the father. That's all he's trying to point out. He's trying to show you the connection between the fact that the child original, originates from the brain of the father how much of a connection to the brain of the father is there. Again, the semen contains the DNA. Every part of our body contains our DNA. So technically, if you take off a, 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 a piece of skin, you'll have DNA in the skin. That means every single, every single part of the person has DNA. But the idea is what's going to generate that there should be a, 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 an ability for the DNA to therefore, the, my DNA to produce a child, that's through my brain. My brain is the one that's control of that happening. It's true, my brain is control of all of the of a lot of things happening. But here we're specifically focusing on this idea of being mashpia, of giving, of, of influencing something directly and from my very essence. Because my DNA is now going to be shot out of me and directly affecting the, the birth and the creation of a child. The creation and the birth of a child. And that's what the uh, that's what Dr. Rebbe is trying to um, bring out over here. So he says, likewise, just like that is the way it is between a father and a child in, in, in the physical world. Likewise, and, and as we know, as we mentioned this idea a number of times, the way things play out on the physical realm is the same way they, it stems from the way it plays out in the spiritual realm. So the, fact, the, way, the way we have children is the way God, so to speak, created us which is that we stem from God's chokhmah, we stem from God's essence. Now again, here chokhmah, I believe, is not referring to the level of chokhmah, because the level of chokhmah, as we'll see later, is actually quite a, a removed level from the essence. It's a revelation, it's a state of gilu, it's not etzem itself. 
So here we're referring to Chochmah, I think is the Atmos, referring to essence itself, that we stem from God's essence. It is triggered in through the brain, so to speak, as we said, the neurological thing. What? No, so he's saying is, is that the Machshava the, the is what we, the initial thought, right? The stimulation that came up in the thought, the consciousness, so to speak, of God, right? That he wanted to have a child. He wanted to create Yisro. And then the soul, then the Chochmah stimulates that there should be, so to speak, this neurological effect, that there should be the blowing, as we're saying, of the soul coming out. Does God have pleasure from, from, from around, like, so. making us and us having pleasure from having kids like is there something like, together like you're saying just like a human being has pleasure from seeing their child so too God has pleasure from us that. absolutely that's an idea that's explained in Chassidus that the idea of a father holding his child the love and the feel affection and the joy that you have playing with your child is similarly this love and joy that God has with us as Jewish people now Dr. Rebbe moves on one second. Now, Rebbe moves on to explain that this level of chokhmah that he's talking about, he 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 brings a he brings a statement of the Rambam. Now, this statement of the Rambam is a very difficult concept to really fully properly grasp, as Al-Tarebbe, as the Rambam himself says. It's not something which is very easily understood, and it's sort of a, not understood why Al-Tarebbe even brings it in over here. Like, what is he trying to add with this with this statement over here? But what the Rebbe does is the Rebbe brings a statement of the Rambam, which the Rambam says that God's Chochmah is not compared to our Chochmah. In other words, when we're talking about Chochmah, we relate to Chochmah as the beginning stage, stages of our existence. Right? That's the first stage of our semi-consciousness, is Chochmah. That means we're already in an active state once we're dealing with Chochmah. There's already a me, there's already an existence of me once we deal with Chochmah. If that's the case, that seems to be a very low, watered-down level. It's already some part of me that's disconnected from me. It's not my essence, right? It's not the essence of who I am. My intellect, my chokhmah is not me. Versus by God, God's chokhmah is not something separate from Him. It's not something which is um, a, a level that is part of His faculties, so to speak. Right? It's not that His intellect is a way of expressing himself. Him and his, and the intellect, because God himself is not intellect. Right? God created intellect. So God himself is not chokhmah. When we describe chokhmah to God, it's because he acts in a way that we relate to as chokhmah. Okay? So, it, this, is, this is a deep concept to, to, to grasp. But the point is, Dr. Rebbe is, going to, is saying that when we relate to, when we're talking about God's Chochmah, we're not talking about God's Chochmah in the sense that we relate to Chochmah, as a being something separate from us, right? When a person is in a, prides themselves on their intellect, or their abilities to be creative, would you say that's who they are? That's not who they are, right? It's a tool that they have that they, they, to utilize. It's not their very essence, it's not their very being, right? It's not who they are. Versus by God, his chachma, his creative power, his ability is all part of him. Because it's only a manifestation, the way we relate to it, the way we call it, the name we give it is chachma. But it's not real chachma in the, ultimate, in the way we, in what chachma really is. By God's chachma, it's not our definition of chachma. Because God is the one who created chachma. And therefore, the Alter Rebbe is pointing out over here, 
is that when we say that we originate in God's Chochmah, we don't mean it to say like we relate to Chochmah. And therefore he quotes what the Ramam says, that by God's Chochmah, something that's not possible to understand, and he brings the Pasuk that says, in Eev HaChakal HaKatimsa, you think if you, think if, if you you know try to figure out God, you'll understand God, it's impossible to comprehend God. In other words, Al-Tarev is trying to, again, highlight this point over here, that when we're talking about God's Chochmah here, we're not talking about any um, comparable level of Chochmah that we relate to in our, in our existence, in our consciousness. It's a level of Chochmah that's far beyond our understanding. There is a point of what he mentions, what the Rambam says, that the Rambam says that God is the knowledge, the knower, and the known at the same time. Now what does that mean, and how does that play a role in this whole statement is something that we're going to have to leave off for um, next time. But the, 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 the main point of what the Al-Tarebi here is trying to explain is that although we're saying we come from God's Chochmah, we can't think of it as in terms of Chochmah as a regular human being's Chochmah. That's not what we mean in Chochmah in this case. And there's a deep philosophical idea that the Al-Tarebi is trying to um, get to. But the main thrust of the parak is going on to explain this analogy of child how a child is born, and this idea of us being blown out of God is similarly, there's a similar connection between the two, there's a, there's a comparison between the two, and therefore we stem from God's essence, and therefore we're a chelak lakam mamish. although there's variants of levels of people and neshamas, as we'll talk about, there's still that essential connection that every single Jewish person has, and again, this is the foundational point in Hasidus, without learning this chapter, without learning this idea, we're almost in a way completely missing the whole, so let's say for example, the famous Maimur Leitia Mashakela. What's the objective in the Maimur of Leitia Mashakela? Just to finish off with this point for today. What's the, those, uh, people learned here the Maimur Leitia Mashakela, right? What's the objective of the Maimur of Leitia Mashakela? Avoid the effects of Hashem. Avoid the is one aspect, right? Correct. But more fundamentally, more fundamentally what the Rebbe is asking is how is it possible for a soul, which is a creation, to have any effect on, on the Creator. Makes no sense. There's no relationship between the two. Right? It's impossible. And how could it be that this is what we're in charge to do in this world? To make a dear tahtainim? That means we could somehow bring God into this world? That seems to be, logically, it makes no sense. So what's the answer? We're God. The answer is, we're a chilaka That we are God Himself. When we recognize that, then we realize it's not something that we're, it's not that we're, we're tapping into our creative side, the part of it that was blown out. We're tapping into our, our, cre- our, our, our powers of creator, the powers of us within God How himself. So God's punishing himself? The punishment God. is only on the body, not on the soul. So is that when, what's Gehenim? Gehenim? Gehenim is the punishment for the body. It's a, level, it's a level of where the person goes through a certain purification process to completely purify the soul and the way the body could retain its, its dignity or its ability to then come back when Mashiach comes or whatever it is. But the ultimate level, the ultimate level of the soul, the way the soul is incorporated in God, there is nothing, there's nothing that could taint it, there is no blemish, there is no sin, there is no anything there. So then how does the body taint the neshama? Because the body pure, is what? Pure on some level it doesn't. There's two parts. There's the neshama, the way the neshama is blown out of God. And on that level it starts 
through a process of evolution, so to speak. It evolves into becoming on the level of neshama, ruach, and nefesh. So on that level, you could impact, the soul could be impacted by the body. Higher than that, the soul has no, the body has no impact on the soul. So really, the physical body shouldn't, so to say, go through the incinerator, not really the neshama. The neshama doesn't really go through the incinerator in that sense. The parts of the, the consciousness, there's five levels of consciousness of the soul. So the lower levels of consciousness of the soul go through those processes. Because it needs to be purified. Imagine, I'll give an example, just to, to finish off this point, with this point. Let's take, for example, someone who studied, uh, watched pornography, right? They want to detox from that, right? So are you going to say that their very essence has already been tainted by pornography? If that's the case, they can never change. They can never deprogram. They can never detox from it, right? If a person is an alcoholic, if you're going to say that because they tainted themselves, so consciously they relate to alcohol on this pleasure-seeking level, on this addictive level, that means they can never get help. Once you say that, they can never get help. You're able to break things beyond repair. No, because there's a deeper side which allows that you're always on a, you're just always a point where you're above it. There's always a part of you which stands above it. So the way you have to go about it is you have to, you have to purify those levels of consciousness that were tainted. You have to reprogram those levels of consciousness that were tainted. So, so Gehenim, or these punishments, so to speak, are all a refinement process, right? Going through the Nar Dinor, the, 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 the fire, the, 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 the well, the, 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 the river of fire, to lose the Chizoy and the Hayalma that even a Tzaddik has to go through, is this idea of realizing that you have to, the, the, the consciousness that we live in is tainted. We live by a consciousness, we, we, our reality, our consciousness is all based on the physical reality. Our pleasures, our instincts, that has to be reprogrammed. So on the lower levels of the soul, the lower levels of the soul did get impacted and affected by the realities of the physical world and the consciousness of the physical world. So that levels of consciousness does have to be um, um, uh, were affected and do have to be reprogrammed. But the higher levels of consciousness of the soul were never tainted by any of this. They were never corrupted. How is it uh, defined? Reprogrammed? The Gehenim process is a refinement process. Why is it like necessarily? Like because it's not as you understand it as as being like being burnt in hell. Gehenim is not being burnt in hell. But Gehenim is a deep shameful experience almost of recognizing that how stupid you were for acting in a certain way that's what it is so it's 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 the recognition so imagine you could recognize well, how harmful it's not okay it doesn't have to, it means that you fully right let's say a person is is, is 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 addicted to cigarettes and then they realize how or addicted to gambling and then they realize how that has become so destructive they, they, their whole, the whole outlook in life is about where can I make more money in order to be able to gamble more. So they hate their life, their family, they hate everybody else because everybody else is holding them back from able to achieve their goal, right? And then they finally get this moment of clarity where they realize what in the world is going on over here. It's a very shameful moment, but it's a very reprogramming moment. It's a moment of, of, of clarity, of, 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 of objectivity that allows the person to realize that I've just screwed up most of my life because of this. And now you need to reprogram those layers that have been affected by it, those conscious layers that have been impacted by it. So it's the idea of coming back here. Why do we come back here? That's schar. What, Gilgul you're talking about? Uh, yeah, when you the Gilgul is a different idea. That's already something we'll talk about later in Tanya. Why does a person have to go through Gilgul? That's a different concept. But the process of refinement of those layers of consciousness that have been impacted has to be, it has to be, you have to be purified again. You have to be able to 
re- reconnect. But what at the end of the day gives us the power to reconnect and, re- and reprogram is because there's a part of us that actually is deeper than the parts that have been tainted. There's a part that's deeper than the programming that we've had in our conscious reality the way it is today. And when we're in tune with that deeper state of consciousness and we allow ourselves to reveal that deeper level of consciousness when we tune into our essence to our so then we can reprogram everything. And that's the point of Leitia Mashakela. That is the essential point. At the end of the Maimon, the Rebbe highlights we are empowered to do this. Why? Because we are a Chela We're an essence of God. And that's the message Al Rebbe is beginning to say here in Perak Beis of Tanya. That this is what you should realize of yourself. Why is it Chela Kalakah Mamish? Because literally this is what's empowering you to be able to transform the world. So the rest of Tanya is not, you don't see it feasible. You don't see it possible to be able to achieve the level of being a Bainani, to be able to achieve the level of being a Tzadik Valti Rasha, if you don't have this deep, natural, um, intrinsic essence which says this is who you really are. No, that's why I explained last time what a part means. Listen to last class. I gave a whole explanation of what a part means. I gave the example of a plank of a wood, right? Only once you car- carve out the piece of wood is it a part. But it's still initially the whole thing. It's not a part. Essentially, Essentially it's not a part. Understand? Okay, listen to the previous class. Anyway, that's basically... So, so this, this is a fundamental point in, in the whole idea, the whole, in the whole structure of Hasidus is recognizing this point and understanding that that's why we're empowered to be able to actually make this transformation of ourselves and the world around us.